Amen. What an opportunity. And uh, I prayed as we go throughout our year of being ready, you're looking for opportunities. Uh, I mean, they're all around us. You don't have to look very far to see an opportunity to be a servant. And uh, never forget, that's why we're here, right? Uh, I tell folks all the time, as, as often as I can, I'm thankful to be on staff at a church, but I think staff is just the English word for the Greek word servant, right? That's all we are as servants. And I pray that we'll be servant-minded at our church and that our community knows that. Uh, I hope our community knows that we're here, not because we have a sign in our building and our property here that you see when they drive by. I hope they know that we're here because we've made our presence known. Amen? Uh, we've got something to offer our community. And as a matter of fact, just this morning, let me show you how, uh, how outreach works. We had someone, I'm looking out the window of my office, and they pulled up and uh, walked in the door to Miss Sarah's office there and just handed over a pepperoni pizza. Uh, I mean, that's always a good thing, right? Somebody walks in your church, gives you a free pizza. And so Miss Sarah texts me, says, we got pizza in here. And I'm thinking, well, what's the catch? You know, there's always a catch. And she says, well, it's just a, the Papa John's place here across town. The, somebody in the parking lot of Walmart gave them one of our gospel tracts, and uh, they thought how neat that was, and they want our business, and so they dropped us off a free pizza. Uh, so I can't tell you that's always going to happen, okay? Uh, but it is important that our community know that somebody is leaving these four walls uh, and letting them know we have something to offer them here uh, better than what they have to offer us. Amen. A free pizza is great. But Jesus is better, and that's the opportunity we have. And so thankful for the opportunity to do that. Appreciate Brother AJ working on that. And you get by and visit these folks, and uh, let's find out how we can be a blessing to folks in our community, particularly our veterans. Amen? We have the opportunity to be here because of that, and uh, you get by and make sure you're a part of that. Acts chapter 16, go ahead and turn there if you don't mind. Acts chapter 16, I'm going to do my best not to go over. Uh, we've got a lot of kids out tonight. That means there's a lot more people concerned with me being on time. Uh, because they don't want to be with your kids any longer than you do and uh, want to make sure that uh, we don't leave them up there and uh, they jump out a window or something. You know how horrible that would be. Uh, I do have a, uh, a paper in front of me. It's left on the pulpit. It says a plea for volunteers. Brother John is needing several more to help work the tournament. And I believe Miss Autumn's going to be in the main lobby uh, with a sign-up sheet. We need some folks to work the fryer and, uh, uh, and the uh, burger cooker there. And so we need some volunteers for the tournament this week. See Miss Autumn at the welcome desk where there will also be, uh, I know we got a lot going on, don't we? There'll also be a list of things we're going to be working on this Saturday, men's prayer breakfast and first work day we're having here together in a long time. And so I want you to be here for that, men. On the, on the desk in the foyer, there's a paper. You can have one, take it with you. And some highlighted things are what we're going to be working on this Saturday. So the word is opportunity. Amen? Plenty of opportunity to serve. Act 16, if you're there uh, tonight, let's go ahead and stand, stretch our legs just a little bit. And uh, have something, uh, a fresh burden, a very fresh burden tonight with the Lord's laid on our heart. And I'm excited to share it with you. I'm always thankful God gives us something. And tonight we're going to look at the Macedonian call. We're going to deviate a little bit from Abraham. We've been going through following Abraham uh, and the different altars that Abraham built and the stops on his road to readiness. Uh, but we have missions conference starting Sunday. And so we're going to deviate from Abraham just for one Wednesday night. And we're going to look a little bit about the road to readiness of this area of missions that will begin on Sunday. Acts chapter 16, if you'll look down for the sake of time, let's start in the middle of the story in verse number 9. The Bible says, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. 
And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia and the next day to Neapolis. I think we can stop there and pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to open your word for a few minutes on a Wednesday night. And Lord, I pray that in our haste to get about our, our evening tonight and then our day tomorrow, we'll not neglect this opportunity. Speak to us through your word, I pray. I pray you'd give us something, uh, Lord, that we could take from here and apply it to our lives to be used to bring glory to your name, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, I love this passage of Scripture. Uh, the first time I ever had a theme uh, for anything I did in a church was out of Acts 16. Uh, I was the youth pastor and bus director at my dad's church, and uh, our theme that year was the endeavor. You look down there in verse 10, Paul says, we endeavor to go, and that was the theme for our youth that year in our church, the endeavor, what an endeavor it was, and Paul is about to be sent on an endeavor, uh, obviously, by God, and tonight I, I want you to look at what they're about to do as really nothing less than a missions effort. Uh, Paul is about to be sent on a mission uh, but before Paul goes on that mission, there's a few things that need to happen before he goes. Now, we've been following Abraham on the road to readiness, correct? And we've been looking at how God was getting him ready to do what he called him to do. Now, obviously, we understand that God is calling Paul to a mission. But I think a Wednesday night crowd that's here tonight, you understand that we're called to a mission, right? Now, that's why God left us here. We're here on a mission. We're not just here to live our lives pleasing to ourselves. We are here to live a life that's, number one, pleasing to God and fulfilling for the purpose for which he left us here. Now, when I think of missions tonight, I think that word really captures the heart of God and missions captures the will of God for us and why we're here. All right? You look at what God was willing to do for us in the sending of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he came to us doing what? He was on a mission, wasn't he? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Christ was on a mission. He wasn't just coming to take a tour of our world. He came here on a mission. And then, watch this, after we get saved and trust Christ as our Savior, we now carry that mission. Isn't it wonderful? Christ came and ministered to us through his mission, and then he gives us a mission to go and to win others. Now, what do we call it? The thing that God sent us upon in uh, Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20. It's the great commission, right? It's a commission. It's what God's called us to do. Uh, we go on behalf of God. God has sent us, and we have a commission. We are part of the mission for which God has called us to. But here's what I want you to think about tonight. Every mission requires getting ready for, right? Every mission worthwhile is something to prepare for. I'll uh, give you an example. My wife will send me on a mission from time to time to the grocery store or to Dollar General. And uh, she'll say, I need some condensed milk or I need some, uh, some flour or I need some cinnamon, something along that line. She'll be cooking and uh, she'll tell me what she needs. Now, uh, I'm a husband, okay? Uh, and I would say I probably fit in the average husband category uh, when it comes to going shopping for my wife. And that's not a good thing. Okay, uh, my wife will tell me what she wants. Hey, honey, I need to go to the grocery store. I need this and this and this. Here, let me write it down for you. No, 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 I got it. I'm only 43. I still have a pretty good memory, and uh, I'll get it. And I get to Walmart, 
Amen. You're standing there in front of the flower and there's self-rising and all purpose. There's almond and other kind of flowers that I didn't know that were out there. And I'm thinking, what did she say? All purpose? Well, I figure all purpose is good for everything, right? All purposes. And you come home and that's, that's, that's not exactly what she wanted. You know why? Because when I went on the mission, I failed to be ready for the mission. I left before I had the plan. And thank the Lord for cell phones. They help us out a little bit. But you got to be ready for the mission. Several years ago, I went on a mission to Colorado. I was going to go kill a bull elk in Colorado. And, and thank the Lord I was able to do that. And I was talking to the gentleman who owned the property. We're going to go up and hunt, hunt on his cattle ranch. And he says, listen, the air's different up here. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's probably a lot cleaner, you know, the, the mountains, the Rocky Mountains and all that up there. And he says, no, no, the air's thinner up here. And you need to be ready when you come uh, because it's harder to breathe up here. At the time, I think I was in my mid-30s. Uh, I was about maybe 35, 36 years old. And I thought, well, I, look, I'm young, I'm healthy, I'm not overweight. Uh, I, I don't need to train to go hunting elk. I hunt whitetails down here, and I hunt squirrel, and there's not anything else I can hunt. I don't need to train for that. The very first morning, I'm up in the mountains and sitting there three-quarters of a mile up into the mountains there across the interstate, really, the highway from Pikes Peak. I could see Pikes Peak from where I was sitting, and uh, my cousin called, and he says, hey, I just shot a bull, and uh, the, the, uh, the other elk ran off down in the woods. Hey, why don't you come over here and see if you can catch up with one? Three-quarters of a mile, not, not very far to run for an athlete like myself. I mean, a chiseled specimen such as myself would have a bit of problem running that far, right? It's okay to laugh. I'm laughing myself. And so I took off. I had to hurry. There's a bull elk over there. Now, I have to hurry to get over there to where that bull elk is at. And about 100 yards into the run, this, this strange feeling in my chest. My lungs are on fire. I'm thinking, is this what a heart attack feels like, you know, is, is this, I'm about to go, and I couldn't breathe, so I'm pulling my, it's cold, I'm pulling my jacket off, I can't hardly breathe, and between that three quarters of a mile to where I was, to where I needed to be, you could follow me by the things that I left behind along the way, I was dropping my backpack, my snack, you know I was desperate to drop my snacks, I got over there, it was too late, why, I was not ready. I thought, hey, I'm on this mission, I can do it myself. I was not ready for the thin altitude air uh, of, of, uh, of Colorado where we were at. So here's the point. Every mission we go on, we need to be ready for it. Now, this mission that we are on, think about how important it is. The mission that we are on is one that has eternal ramifications. The mission that we are on means eternal life or eternal death for people. The mission opportunity that we have is one we cannot afford to take for granted. We've got to be ready. So how do we, are we to be ready for missions? Well, I believe Acts 16 tonight shows us a few things, and we're going to follow Paul on how to be ready for missions tonight. That's the thought I want to leave with you, uh, being ready for missions. Missions conference starts Sunday. Uh, I'll not be preaching Sunday, and so this is my chance uh, to help us get ready for this wonderful opportunity of helping uh, others around the world be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's see what happens. So verse number 9, God is about to send Paul on this mission. But watch where it begins in verse 9. The Bible says, here's Paul, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Now, now I'm going to go ahead and let you down easy, okay? I don't think that's going to happen to us. Now, I don't think a vision is going to appear to you in the night, all right? Now, wouldn't that be wonderful? If God spelled his will out that way to us, 
Well, you wonder about which job to take, and you wonder about who you're supposed to marry, and you wonder about where you're supposed to go to church, and all these things, and you're laying there in bed at night, and suddenly one of those Star Wars holograms appears and tells you what to do. Wouldn't that be wonderful? It doesn't work that way. I was on a missions trip years ago in Montana, and we're laying there in bed one night on the Arapahoe Indian Reservation, and I, I, I kept hearing this noise during the night, just like that. And I, think, I wish that guy would turn that music down, you know. Uh, I couldn't sleep. They said, that's not music. They said, that's, that's someone beating their drum. And sure enough, look out the window, and there was a real teepee out there. We're getting right around the time of the sun dance up there on the Arapahoe Reservation. And there's a teepee, and the fire in the teepee was flickering, just like you would see on movies. And inside of it was a gentleman beating this drum. And I asked my friend, why is he doing that at midnight? He says he will beat that drum. He's in there smoking what they call peyote. We call it something else. But he was in there smoking peyote, beating this drum. And he says he's going to beat that drum until he sees the white buffalo. Uh, with what he was smoking, he could see the white buffalo, the white giraffe, the white elephant, the white rhinoceros. Hey, you smoke it long enough, you're going to see what you're looking for. He was looking for a vision. I hate to tell you, God doesn't speak that way. God's not going to speak to us through a vision. You're like, well, I'm going home and smoking something. Don't you dare. It doesn't happen that way. But can I tell you something that, that does happen? If we're going to be about this, this, this thing of missions and be ready for missions, can I tell you where it begins? Number one, we've got to have the vision for missions. We've got to have the vision for missions. I'm not speaking literal, okay? I'm not speaking literal. Do you know what Paul saw? He got a vision for the need. That's what the vision was. If we're going to be used of God at Central Baptist Church this year, in the area of missions, can I tell you what we need going into it to be ready? We need to have a vision for missions. We need to have God point out to us what the need is that he would desire that we be a part. You know, it's so easy living in America. We don't have all the needs that most of the people around the world do. We don't. We have running water, and we have a cold air conditioning, we have the creature comforts, but can I tell you, just as much as I love those things, around the world, they are desperate for more than water and cold air. Around the world, they are desperate for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've been to many third world countries all over the world, and you'd be amazed at how desperate they are to have it. They could do without air conditioning. They can do without cold water. They can do without running water and indoor plumbing. But they cannot afford to do without the gospel of Jesus Christ. They can't afford that. So you and I have got to get a vision for the need that is out there. And I fear tonight that is something we lose track of because we have our needs met, don't we? We're saved. And I'm thankful to be saved. Isn't it good to be saved? Well, I've enjoyed the grace of God today. I'm thankful for that. That as a child of God, I get to enjoy his grace. Boy, I've needed a lot of grace today. And I'm thankful that I have a heavenly father that is there to meet my need. But do you know there are people who haven't experienced the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ yet? They don't know it. And boy, they have a need for it in their life. And missions gives us an opportunity to help meet that need. I want you to think about what the Bible says in Lamentations chapter 3. I saw something today I don't know that I've ever preached on. Lamentations chapter 3, the Bible says... My eye affecteth my heart. My eye affecteth my heart. Now, I've, I've preached out of that verse before. We preached through Lamentations last year. I want you to think about when you see something, it, it affects how you feel, right? 
That's why we see those ASPCA commercials about uh, cruelty to animals and taking care of animals. And they show you the dogs with the rib cages showing and the dogs, you know, chained up to a tree cruelly. I'm not for cruelty to animals. And after a while, buddy, you're breaking out the checkbook. Why? Your eye affects your heart. That's why they show you that. That's why it's more effective. There's something interesting I noticed. I don't know that I've ever preached on before. It's the word affecteth. You notice it's spelled with an A. If you look it up in, in, in Lamentations, it's spelled with an A, not an E. It's not effective. It's affecteth. And so I, I decided to do an English study in this panel. I started to kind of get into that and figure out what's the difference in affect and effect. Well, it's a, quite an amazing thing. It's the difference between a verb and a noun. When you read the word, my eye affecteth my heart, it's a verb that means impacted. And effect, with the letter, the letter E, is what happens at the end, all right? It's the effect. It's the outcome of what happens. It is what is left over after you are affected. Affected means you are motivated by it. Uh, you are challenged by it. The Bible says, my eye affecteth my heart. It means what I see has impacted me. It has affected me, A-F-F-E-C-T. It's affected me. Now, folks, tonight, this is why we have to have a vision of missions. So we are affected, all right? Affected. That means that when we see the need that is there, we are impacted by that and motivated to do something about that. I'll give you an example here in just a moment, but I want you to think about what Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 35. He says, lift up your eyes. And look upon the fields. Now think about those two phrases right there in one verse. Lift up your eyes and look. What is he wanting? He wants them to get a vision of the harvest. What is Jesus saying? He says, listen, you've got to get a vision for what's going on here. What did he say? The fields are already white. He says, I need you to see that. Why? Because when you see that, your eye affects your heart. I'll give you an example. I love picking fruit. Um, I don't plant a lot. I don't have a lot of time to plant a lot. Uh, uh, maybe I'm going to plant some, uh, some potted garden stuff this year on my back porch. Uh, but I love picking fruit. I'd be going down the road. You see those wild plums? Uh, I don't know if they have them here, mainly in the city, but in the country where I used to live, those wild plums were on the side of the road, and you'd see the little trees loaded down, those little red wild plums. We'd pull over, Leslie and I would, and we'd pick a lot of those, the fruit that was there. You see them, and the trees are loaded down, and it's two of my favorite words in the entire English language. Free food. Free food. Maybe you see blackberries or dewberries along the side of the road during that season. It's coming up real soon. And, man, you see all of that out there, and you pull over, and you pick it. Why? Because you saw the crop that was there. And look, hey, with things as high as they are now at the grocery store, uh, there's going to be a lot more people pulling over the side of the road picking some berries and, uh, and some plums. Why? It's expensive. You see, once you see it, you recognize the need. You're like, well, I, I, I want to take part in that. Now, this is what Paul is having happen to him in verse 9. God wanted him to go to Macedonia, so what did he do? He gave him a vision of that. Now, what is he trying to do? He's trying to turn his attention there. Now, can I ask you something? John 4, where Jesus says, lift up your eyes and look upon the fields. Could we just do a little deductive reasoning that their eyes were not on the fields? Because if he says, lift up your eyes and look, could we not just deduce tonight the fact that maybe their eyes and their attention was not on that yet? Can I be honest with you tonight? 
it's easy to get our eyes off the field. It's easy to get our eyes off the field. It's easy to get our eyes on our problems. Agreed. It's easy to get our eyes on our desires. I mean, hey, it's, it's getting fishing season. You know, the weather's starting to warm up a little bit. Man, I don't get out there and get my boat going and nothing wrong with fishing, nothing wrong with that at all. But do you know that we're here for a mission? We are here for a mission. And God wants us to get a vision of the opportunity to be a part of fulfilling the need that is out there. What's the need? It's an eternal need of salvation. Now, remember the word effect, Lamentations 3, my eye affecteth my heart. Interesting, interesting. I don't know that I've ever put these two together before. Maybe a lot of preachers that are smarter than I am have. Colossians 3, 2, what does the Bible say? To set our affections on things above. There's that word again. Effect. A-F-F-E-C-T. That means that our focus should be on what moves us and impacts us. And do you know how we can tell what our affections are set on? It's by what we're moving toward. We are going to move and be motivated and impacted by what our affections have been set on. That's why he says set them on things above. A proper vision will finally give us the direction we need to do what God wants us to do. But our vision's got to be right. Today, Brother, Brother Noah and I were, were going down Highway 49 or up Highway 49. We were going to get a coffee at T-Bones. Uh, he was cool enough to go there, but I wasn't. But I figured if I was with a cool guy that I could go there. And so the Noah and I went to uh, T-Bones to get a coffee. We're headed up 49, and there was an 18-wheeler there with a big track hoe on the back of it. And the knuckle of the track hoe was sitting up higher than the William Carey overpass. That's what we call the, the, uh, the train trestle there, the William Carey overpass. And so as the 18-wheeler came up, he realized that knuckle's about to hit that overpass and be a very, very expensive mistake. And so they were getting out of the car, and they were bringing the boom down a little more to get underneath that. Well, people are barreling up 49. I was not one. I'm, I'm a patient driver, and I was taking my time, just ease, quit laughing, easing forward. And this car, I was over in the, in the fast lane, and this car in the slow lane where the 18-wheeler was, he flies past me. Just impatient, probably a lost person. Impatient on the highway, you know. I don't know why people do that. And all of a sudden... He finally looked up from whatever he was doing to realize there's an 18-wheeler with a low boy and a track hoe right in front of you. And when you play chicken with those in your Kia, you're not going to win. He slammed on his brakes and jumped over. Now watch this. Do you know what just happened there? I'm fixing to give you a spiritualized answer. He got a vision and the vision changed his direction. Could we just say he was affected by it? All right? Watch. If he wasn't affected, he was fixing to be effected. You get it? That's the difference. He looked up. Hmm. 18-wheeler. Do I think I can take it? No. I don't care how many times you watch the 18. You're not going to beat it. And all of a sudden, what he saw with his eyes affected his hands, and it changed his direction. That's what we got to do. Between now and Sunday, and all through our missions conference, we've got to let our eyes affect our heart, that we see the need, we get a vision for missions, and let God change the direction of what we're doing with our life and the opportunities that he's given us. Real quickly, do you know what the vision really is? I'm going to hurry. What the vision really is? Proper spiritual vision is seeing what Jesus sees. Okay? Proper Biblical spiritual vision is seeing what Jesus sees. 
It simply means that we look at people and opportunities the way that Christ did. Oh, that'll change your life. It really will. Do you know why in John 4, Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria? He had a vision of the need that was there. Do you know what? A lot of people, the lady, the woman at the well was sitting there at midday, a time where you wouldn't normally go. She was virtually an outcast because of how she lived her life. Everybody saw her as a sinner. Everybody saw her as an outcast. Do you know what Jesus saw her as? An opportunity. Jesus saw her as a need. That's why he went to her. He saw things differently. Do you know what God wants us to do? He wants us to see things differently. And you look at our lives and the direction we're living our lives and what we invest our lives in, you can tell our vision is not on the mission because it doesn't affect us to go and to do what Jesus would have us do. Ten times in Scripture you'll find these two words brought together. Moved and compassion. Moved and compassion. You'll find that ten times in Scripture. Five verses ten times. Do you know every time it was referring to Jesus? Every time. Our problem is I think we feel sorry for people, but I don't know that we have compassion for people. Can we be honest tonight? I'm not being mean to you. I love you. Look, I'm right here with you. I'm right here with you. I'm a human just like you are. But, you know, we see these people around the world who don't have the gospel. We have the gospel, and we feel sorry, man. I hate you were born over there, but you know what? I was blessed to be born here. I'm going to go on and live my life the way that I want. That's not the vision God would have us to have. He wants us to have compassion. What's the difference? Well, one, you're moved. He was moved with compassion. He was affected. The Bible tells us that our Heavenly Father looked down on a fallen world that had rebelled against him and transgressed his word. God had every right to write us off, did he not? Every right. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. He saw us and he saw where we were. The Bible says that he gave his only begotten son. Because of what he saw, the Bible says that he was willing, he was moved to send his only begotten son. That's our pattern tonight. So number one. Number one, a vision for missions is what God would have us to have going into there. How do we get ready? Number one, get a vision. Number two, look down if you will. The Bible says, verse number 10, and after he had seen the vision immediately, after he had seen the vision, comma, stop there, proper punctuation, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia. So number one, watch this, we need to have a vision for missions. But then watch what he saw. He saw a vision of a man of Macedonia, the Bible says, and he asked, I'm sorry, go back to verse 9, I want you to see this and then we'll, we'll connect the dots. Come over into Macedonia and what? Help us. Help us. The word help means to aid us, to aid us. Now can I tell you this, every person who comes to missions conference this, this week, you're going to see the need, it's impossible, you're going to see it. It'll be up here on the screen, there'll be displays all up and down the wall, you're going to see the need. But there's a difference tonight in just seeing the need and then deciding to be a help. Alright, number two tonight, notice once he saw the need, what is he desiring to do and motivated to do? He desired to be a help, that's number two, notice the motivation for missions. First is a vision, and then notice he was motivated. What was he motivated to do? He was motivated to help. So watch how this works. Number one, you get a vision for it. You see the need that is there. Now watch. you got to see it long enough for it to affect you. 
okay? There are times I'll be going down the road, and uh, look, I, I love animals. I really do. I, I love them. Uh, I, I wish I could take all the animals in the world in. I just don't have the time for them. That's why we don't have any in our house. My daughter does good with a pet rock, amen? We've, we've never killed one of those. We've killed a lot of the other ones on accident, but we've never killed a pet rock. And be going down the road, and I'll look off the curb a little bit, and I'll see what looks to be a little, beautiful, cuddly baby kitten. You know what I'll do? I'll turn my head as quick as I can. Because the longer I look at it, the better the likelihood it's going to my house. Now, I'm not a hater, okay? Please don't call the SPCA on me. I am not an animal hater. I love animals. My office is full of them. Just go in there and look. It's full of animals. I love them so much I decorate my office with them. I'm picking. But if I look at it long enough, you know what's going to happen? Well, first off, my wife and daughter are going to see it. And then now it, the pressure triples. Now I'm looking at this cute little kid. I'll take you an example. We were driving through at Walmart on Broadway uh, right before Christmas. And we're sitting there at the driveway. Look off to the right. There's a little dumpster area. And there's a mama cat sitting there. And, and then she walks forward. And here comes four little babies. And they're so small, you can barely hear their meow. You know what I'm talking about? You cat people. You know what I'm talking about. He comes out and you can barely hear him. You know? And we were stuck. I couldn't look away. We're stuck in the drive-thru. I'm blocked the front. I mean, I was in a panic. I got to get out of line. Before long, those kittens are going to be in our back seat. And so Miley's like, Dad, you think we ought to get one? No, no, baby. I'm sure we're not need to get one. We don't have the time for a pet. And uh, I said, okay, I'll do the next best thing. So I ordered two extra cheeseburgers. No ketchup, no mustard, no onions. I drove back around, and I went over there, and my wife's videoing me feeding these cats. I know you're probably not supposed to do that, uh, but I had to have some kind of a compromise. Why? They were so cute, and the longer I looked at them, the longer I thought, you know what? We could probably do with a kitten. Man, I couldn't look at it long. Why? Because it was going to motivate me. You know what you need to do this week? Watch this. Number one, get a vision for missions. Number two, don't get a passing glance. Look at missions long enough. And get a vision long enough that you're motivated to do something about it. Luke chapter 10, we know the story of the Good Samaritan. I'll hurry on this one, but hear me out. Here is the young man who has fallen among thieves. The Bible says he's, he's almost dead. He's beaten up, he's been robbed, and he's laying there in the ditch. And lo and behold, here comes the priest. Of course, it's the religious people, right? here comes a Levite. The Bible says that both of them, and the Bible spells it out specifically in Luke 10, that as he walked, the Bible says they looked on him, they saw him. But watch this, they didn't look long enough to be affected by it. Why? Because they went on about their way. And sadly, that is often the case with our religious crowd today. We look just long enough to feel sorry for them. Man, I hate that for you, but I got Pilates practice or yoga or whatever it is folks do that I don't know anything about. Can I tell you tonight? The Bible says that here comes that good Samaritan along and he looked down and he saw him. And here it comes. The Bible says he had compassion on him. He looked at him, saw his need. He saw how bad off he was, how close to death he was. The Bible says he took of his own oil that he had and wine that he had and cleaned him up, put him on his own donkey. You see, when you get enough vision of the need, it's going to motivate you. People say, man, I just don't know how. In this economy, how do we give to missions? We're going to do something this year we've never done before. I talked to Michelle about it earlier. It makes her nervous when I, when I talk about announcing stuff that we haven't talked all the way through. 
We're going to put a little thermometer in our bulletin once a month, and it's going to show you where our missions giving's at. At the end of Faith Promise this, this year, when we have all of our missions cards come in of what we're pledging and by faith to give, we're going to add all of that up, and I'm going to give you the number. I want you to know what it is. And all throughout the year, once a month, in our bulletin, Miss Pam's like, okay, make a note of that. I haven't told her yet. I just asked Miss Shelley through text this afternoon, can we put that in there? I want you to see it. Why? I want you to stare at it. I want to see where that thermometer's at. Boy, we stare at it. We think, boy, our missions is down. I know the economy's down, but you know what? The economy's God's, isn't it? Isn't God responsible for that? God is responsible for the numerics. We're responsible for the obedience. That we're going to give what God says give. And when we see it, what does it do? It motivates us. The Bible says that Paul saw this man, and the need was to come over and help us. Help us. It's amazing how often in my carnal desires, when I really want something, what do I say? Maybe you want a new car, maybe a, a new boat, maybe you want a new rifle, or whatever it is you ladies just have to have. And you want it so bad, and you get it, and what did you say? I just couldn't help myself. I just couldn't help myself. I had to have another fill-in-the-blank, blender, whatever it is, you ladies. Like, I, I'm trying. I just My brain's not coming up, you know, whatever it is. But it's amazing. On carnal desires, we say, I couldn't help myself. But it's opposite on spiritual desires. What should motivate us is I can help. That, hey, I have an opportunity to be help or aid to those people who don't have what I have. And I promise you tonight, all of us have more than somebody. Tonight, we've got an opportunity to help take part in helping someone else have what we have. Because just like them, we all came short. Amen? Years ago, I learned a valuable lesson. I can't remember where it was or what it was about, but I saved my money for something. Uh, Mom and Dad were so good to us. They would give us things and buy us things, and I'm thankful for that. But every once in a while, if we wanted something really extra, they would encourage us to save our money for it. And I think that's good. Don't you, Mom and Dad? I think that's a good thing. And uh, I remember... The price was something along the line of $25. And so, man, I saved my birthday money. I did a little work here and there. And I got my $25. And I was so excited. Went to the store. Mom and Dad drove me to the store. And I put whatever it was up on the counter. And then I had my $25. I mean, I had just, I had held on it to it so long, it almost just fused together in my hand, my $25. I took my $25. I put it up there on the counter. And the lady says, that'll be uh, $26 and such and such cents. And I remember as a kid not understanding. But wait a minute, the tag said 25. I'm kind of like, this lady's a crook. It was, it was tax, which I guess is kind of like that. But, you know, I didn't know how taxes worked. I had saved up my $25 and put it up on the counter. And mom says, honey, you have to have tax. Now, that was a lesson I didn't know. But I, I, I want to tell you, I've learned that lesson all too well. I know how taxes work now. And I still don't get excited about it. I still think they're robbing me. But can I tell you this? Tell what my mom did. My mom says, I got it. I got it. She says, I'll help. My mom goes in her purse and pulls out the dollar and whatever change it was and made up the difference that I needed to get what I wanted. She was willing to be my help. Because even though I, I had my $25, I did not have what I needed to get what I wanted. Now, you think about what the Bible says. For all have sinned and what? Come short. We didn't even have $25. The Bible says our righteousness was as filthy rags. The Bible says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
For the wages of sin is death. Oh, the price for not having enough, the price for not having help is eternally being separated from God. But wait a minute, but the gift of God, you know what the gift of God was? Jesus was our what? Our help. And he's a very present help in time of trouble. I'm thankful I got the help that I needed because I didn't have what I needed to get what I wanted, which was eternal life. Now, can I tell you something tonight? There's a lot of people, and they need help. It's not food. I'm sure there are some. It's not water. It's not plumbing. Really, the, the thing they need is eternal help, and that comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. The motivation for missions. What is the motivation? Simply to be helped. Well, finally, I want you to look down. I'm going I'm to skip over a little bit and, and give you the last point. So verse 9, the Bible says he had a vision. There was his vision for missions. He saw the need. The last part, it shows you the motivation was to help. All of us can help. All of us have something to give. Verse 10, the Bible says, And after he had seen the vision immediately, we endeavored to go into Macedonia. So watch what happened. God gave him a vision. The vision festered in his heart enough to motivate him to help. But wait a minute. Now Paul has to do something with what God's giving him. The Bible says once he saw it, immediately we endeavored to go. What we see in verse number 10 is the last thing that we're going to have to do. That's the actions of missions. The actions of missions. He had a vision of what God wanted and what the need was. He was motivated to go do something about it. And now he has to decide to put his feet on the floor to fulfill what God's called him to do. Now notice that one word, and I'll, and I'll close with this, immediately. Immediately. You know what that means? Watch this. Real quickly, in this verse, I'm going to show you three actions. Number one, he did it without hesitation. Immediately. He didn't hesitate. Look down. Verse 11, the Bible says, Therefore, loosing from Troas, he did it without reservation. No hesitation. And then the Bible says he loosed or he let go. He took off the mooring lines on the ship and headed straight to where God wanted him to go. Without hesitation and then without reservation. He says, I'm going to let go of this place. I'm not going to hang on to it. Isn't that what we do? We try to hold on to Troas and do what we can out here. God says, no, sooner or later you have to let go of Troas to go and do what God wants you to do without reservation. And then the last thing in verse 11, therefore loosing from Troas, we came with a what? A straight course. You know what a straight course is? Without deviation. No hesitation. No reservation. No deviation. They tell us in geometry, and I believe them because they're smart, right? They say a lot. You ever think about that? Well, they say. I don't know who they is, but they are smart <laughs> because they say a lot. They say that the shortest distance between two points is a what? Straight line. Very good. We got some CBS graduates in here tonight. Smartest in the land. You know, do you know what the shortest distance between you and fulfilling the will of God is? A straight course. You know what God wants you to do? Watch without hesitation. Immediately, without hesitation. And then the Bible says he loosed. No reservations. I'm going to let go. No reservations. I know what God wants. Why? Because I want to get there without deviation. I want to have a straight course to fulfilling what God has allowed me to do. Now, I want to close with one more word. There's two ways to sin, if we want to generalize it. Commission 
and omission. Okay? We commit sin. Those are things we do that we know we're not supposed to do. And then we have sins of omission when we don't do the things we know we're supposed to do. I want you to think about that word omission. The word omission simply means omitting the mission. I believe tonight one of the greatest sins of the church is not sins of commission. I don't think we're bad people, right? Some of you. I think for the most part we're probably pretty good folks. I think our greatest sin is not commission. I think our greatest sin is omission. When we omit our mission. Tonight God's given us a great mission to be a part of. It's eternal. We have an opportunity tonight to watch this. Get a vision for the need. This week, could I invite you to come this week? I know we may have to work, maybe Monday, Tuesday, whatever. If you can be here, I want to encourage you to be here. Why? The more you're here, the greater the opportunity to get a vision. And boy, after a while, you get such a vision. Look, you may get so much vision, you may get motivated just to leave and go to Bangladesh. You're like, that's why I'm not coming. I hope you come anyway. You get motivated. Why? Oh, you think about this tonight. There's an action that God wants us to be a part of. He wants us to be a part of the action. God doesn't want us to be behind the scenes. Hey, God wants us to be a part of it, and we can do that through missions tonight. But could I encourage you, don't omit the mission. Don't omit the mission. God's called us to be a part of something wonderful. Let's get ready for missions, amen. Let's pray together.